Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode. I did a Facebook Live earlier last week on how to stay well during the coronavirus outbreak, and I wanted to share that as this week's podcast, so it will be a little bit of a break from the series that we're in the middle of, and the next week we'll pick up where I left off. I hope you enjoy. I wanted to come on and do a quick live to go over how you can find wellness in the midst of this COVID chaos, because I feel like I continually see posts and hear comments from people that um, talk about how, you know, the quarantine 15 and how stressful it is to be doing all of these things at once and how you're you're failing uh, so drastically at everything you're doing. And I think that the overall expectation that people have for themselves is unrealistic and that we're setting ourselves up to be frustrated and more upset in a, in a time that is extremely stressful. And so my hope today was to talk with you all a little bit and give um, at least my take on how you can approach the situation. Before I go any further, my children, just like all of you are home. And so they're on the other side of this wall. Um, so I'm sorry if you hear uh, kids doing what kids do or if they randomly burst into this room, um, but that's the beauty of live. <laughs> so um, anyway, I just wanted to really talk about how we can approach this with wellness in mind. I by no means think anyone needs to be perfect in the setting of COVID. Like wellness should be a global approach about how you are looking at your overall life. And it's going to look different right now than it looked you know, two months ago. And then it will look in a few months because life is ever changing. And this is a season that is especially challenging because right now we are in a state where there are so many pressures many people are struggling and there's a lot of stress just with COVID in general. So people are wondering, am I going to get it? Will my loved ones get it? How can I avoid or prevent any of these people from getting it? Maybe you know someone who has it or had it and you are extremely worried about them. Maybe you're working from home now. Um, so you have to work a full-time job while also caring for children. Maybe you had big plans like that you'd been looking forward to for months get completely canceled and you're very disappointed. Even just community, being able to see other people. You know, I know individuals who live in rural areas that are completely isolated because they can't be around anyone but their immediate family. So I really just want you all to be thinking about this as each individual is doing the best they can given the situation that we're in. This is not just an everyday virus that's circulating. This is a big deal, hence why everything is closing down. And this is something that happens like once every 100 years. So I'm sure everyone's hearing the comparison from Spanish flu in um, 1918, where things had to close down. This is not something that we can expect to happen regularly, at least hopefully not. And so we need to approach ourselves with grace and realize that because this is a rare thing, we need to reset our expectations about what we um, think about how we're showing up, 
how our family looks, how our children's education looks, how we look at work, and how our wellness looks. And so I really want everyone to just pause and think, what are the expectations I'm putting on myself and are they even realistic? If my best friend came to me with those same list of expectations that they were supposed to do in a day, would I tell them, You're, yeah, that's great, you should be able to do that, like what's your problem? <laughs> or would I say, oh my gosh, why would you expect you can do four jobs in one person's life? One thing that can be super helpful is if you just take a minute and most people are probably not watching this live. So just pause the video and, you know, write down all of the things that you are expecting yourself to do in a day, every responsibility you have, and then about how much time you're devoting to that responsibility. And I'm sure you'll see that the hours listed will add up to far more than 24 hours. And I want you to prioritize things like sleep, kind of a non-negotiable. You can try to cut it out, but then you're going to just not be as good at life <laughs> otherwise. And so you really need to make that a priority. Um, I did just do a podcast about sleep. You can listen to, I think it was April 1st, it went live. Or listen a little bit more about why sleep is so important. But, you know, put your eight hours of sleep. So you have 16 hours left in the day. All of your responsibilities, chances are there will be far more than 16 hours left, especially if you are very diligent and you add in things like showering and eating and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So with that, I would, so I'd really encourage you to do that before you listen to the rest of this so that you have sort of an idea of how you can reframe what your expectations are. Because if your expectations are to work a full-time job, so you're going to do your eight hours at least in a day and care for your house, meal plan, exercise, self-care, meditation, mindfulness routine, or morning routine, homeschool your children, and check in with friends and family. That's like so many things And that if you are doing all of them 100%, like if you were one person and you could devote a specific amount of focused time on each thing, um, so I guess if you were multiple people, so like one person who's working, one person who's caring for the home, one person who is you know, homeschooling and, and raising children. And you would see, you know, that's a that's three people's jobs, not one person's job. So we have to reframe our expectations of what the quality is going to look like for when we do these things and how much time we can actually spend on them. So one really key thing I think to bring up is the homeschooling children. Now I only have young children, so I cannot speak personally. My oldest is in kindergarten where really it's not even required so um we're pretty lax we're teaching him things every day and having him do activities for school that his teacher has posted but i feel lower pressure in what he needs to accomplish it's not that he was supposed to be in calculus and now i'm teaching that to him and so i think we need to reframe what we're expecting from our children as well because depending on their age i mean even my kindergartner he's missing his friends so much and imagine thinking back to high school, I can't even begin to imagine how challenging this would be as a high schooler to be stuck at home and isolated from the people who are teaching me most things that I'm learning in life. You know, socialization and peer interaction is crucial for teenagers. And so we need to give our children grace in that setting too. So what the big thing is to sit down with your child if they're at an age where you can do this and, and kind of lay out expectations. There's only like a month, month and a half of school left how much are you really gonna learn in a month and a half? <laughs> so what are the key things that need to be accomplished by the summer? Um, especially if there are tests and things that have to be, that you need to take and try to figure out what is required 
and what is kind of fluff that you don't actually need um, and try to be realistic. I think most teachers, at least um, teachers I've spoken with and who, are, who have been on podcasts I've listened to in groups I'm in, they are all struggling with this as well and they want so badly for their students to succeed. And they see that this is a challenging point in life for everyone. And so they're working with their students. So I'd really encourage you to sit down with your child so you can be on the same page and then have a better understanding of what your role is in the homeschooling so that maybe you can take some of the pressure off yourself and feel like you have a little more space to do the other things that you're doing right now. Um, and so I think homeschooling is probably the biggest stressor I've heard from everyone because you know they're trying to work and keep the home together and then also homeschool their children. So um, if you have resources that you're using for talking with your children, talking with your children's teachers, if maybe they're not on the same page as you about this, um, or just trying to form some support with other parents, please leave them in the comments so that people who watch this video can um, glean something from that as well. So um, the thing I want to focus on for the rest of this is related to wellness. And the example I want to give is about a pitcher. So, and not a, a picture you're, you're looking at, but a pitcher of water. And so often people um, like myself, we wanna fill up other people. I love helping people and being supportive and figuring out how I can help um, support someone in a phase of their life or a time of their life. But in order for me to show up for anyone else, I need to be full and complete. So if I'm a pitcher and I my goal is to fill cups of water, by helping them, that's how I'm helping them is I'm filling up their cups. I need to not have holes and cracks in my pitcher because if my pitcher is filled with holes and cracks, all my water is gonna pour out and I'll have nothing to give to you. And so I really want you to think about that example when you think about what your role is. So if you reflect back on that list of responsibilities you have, you know how will you show up for your children when they're going through this stressful time? Or how will you show up for a friend or a spouse or a significant other? or a parent, maybe a parent in the hospital with COVID. You know, how can you do that if you aren't caring for yourself first? Um, and so I know it sounds extremely selfish, but I want you to take a step back and realize if you aren't complete, you cannot help other people fully. And so if you can figure out what you need to be complete, it's a lot easier with how you'll approach these different areas I'm going to talk about. So these are just four areas of general wellness and your areas might be different than these. So you might have spiritual health at the top of your list where someone else has physical health at the top of theirs. And you should figure out what yours, so take some self-reflection time and figure out what fills your holes. And so for me, running fills my holes. And if I can't run, it's very stressful. Um, and I feel I can see it popping up in other areas of my life. And so every person, will be different. And so I want you to take my examples as a grain of salt, but really reflect on how they could relate to your life as well. So the four areas I wanted to talk about were physical activity, nutrition, social interaction, and stress management. And so I want you to think about each of these areas and think about how you show up when you, uh, when you let's say, do your physical activity. So if you do physical activity as your first area, how are you when you show up um, in that area? So you do physical activity every day. How do you show up in the rest of your life? Is it positive? Um, do you feel stressed when you do a lot of physical activity or do you feel relaxed? And think about how, if you were doing it the exact way that you would wanna do it. You know, Everyone's kind of found things that work well for them. Um, but so for me with running, if I run most days of the week, I'm more energized, I feel less lethargic, I'm more awake, 
I'm kinder and more patient. Um, and I feel like I have managed and processed my stress much more because I use my time running to do that. And so the same thing um, my, someone else might have for a different activity. And so I want you to think of all the positives that come when you do that one, this one area. So physical activity first, um, and then all of the negatives that come when you don't do it. How can you tell that it's a problem that you're not doing it? And so after you've done physical activity, think about nutrition, social interaction, and stress. And the same questions. How does it look like when you're showing up in that area? How does it affect the rest of your life? And then how does it look like when, you are sh when you're not showing up? How do you know that it's a problem that you're not doing that? I don't know how many patients I've talked to before that have said, yeah, I feel so much better when I eat well. And I can tell that I'm not eating well because I'm getting cranky, I'm tired, um, I have acne. Something happens with their physical or emotional state that that is feedback. Their body is saying, this is not working and we need to reset. So I want you to take some time. Again, if you're watching this not live, just pause and reflect on each of those four areas um, and then come back once you've had a little reflection time. And then I'm going to talk about some things you can do in each area. So after you've done that, um, you know, what can you do to make this a priority? Because again, we only have so much time and we can't do everything for everyone and everything for ourselves right now. But what is the most important? So if physical activity is your most important area to work on. You might be feeling extra stressed because your gym might be closed or your peers that you work out with aren't able to work out with you and you haven't found purpose. Uh, maybe you were training for a race that was canceled. And so you kind of are just floundering like, well, my race is canceled. What am I going to do? I don't know when to run. I don't have a plan. And so really, I want the key in this area to be that you're just moving. Maybe you were running before or swimming every day or doing more intense exercise. But honestly, if you can just go walk 30 minutes every day, you will feel better than you feel right now if you're not doing anything. So something as simple as walking every day is key. And so 30 to 45 minutes at whatever pace you can do is better than doing nothing at all. It's far better. <laughs> There's actually studies that show walking alone improves health outcomes in many disease states. So it's a huge beneficial habit and being outside and exposed to sunshine in nature as therapeutic in itself as well. Um, other things to try online classes. Um, so Fitness Blender is my favorite. I just made a two week challenge um, to give some ideas to people in my um, Nourished and Content group. And if you are looking for something similar, I can always post it here too. It's not anything super amazing. It's just a, a challenge just to get you going. So um, I'm happy to post it if people are interested, just leave a comment. Um, but basically find some kind of online program, either buy a, an online class or a membership, um, find a free one like Fitness Blender and come up with your own plan. So take a half hour and write out, kind of go through the website and make a plan for what you'll do each day. Uh, the third thing to do would be to find a buddy. So there are tons of online, especially in this in the running community, there's a lot of social distancing running groups that have started and they're doing challenges. So there are 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon challenges where you all agree that you're going to run this race distance a certain day and everyone's times get posted in Strava and you see where you land. And um, it's just something to get you excited and find support you could find a friend who may live by you or not 
and just communicate that you guys are going to do a challenge together. You could make a calendar and put the different activities in the calendar and share it and then you know challenge each other to do the things and check in if they actually have done it because that accountability is a huge piece. Um, and then the fourth one um, is to come up with a goal of some kind. So this is all going on right now. Chances are social distancing will begin to be minimized over the coming months. I anticipate June, things will be loosened a little bit and we can get slowly get back to normal life. So maybe look into August or September and see if there's a race or a challenge uh, that you'd wanna sign up for. Maybe there's an event you want to do or something like a hike. Maybe you want to, uh, to do a hike uh, to a 14er or some really difficult hike you've never done before. So maybe, now you can be uh, starting to work on your training to work up to that specific thing. So look ahead and make a goal and then work backwards to figure out what you need to be doing this week to get you on track to that goal. All right, the next area is nutrition. So uh, this is a, is a really challenging one because I feel like so many people are feeling overwhelmed with nutrition right now. And people who have made huge strides in managing mindless eating they are suffering right now because they're some of those triggers that they had managed before are now not managed anymore. It's much harder to hold back on mindless eating and snacking when you're stressed um, and when you're overwhelmed. So if you're at home with your kids and you're stressed about having to do two or three jobs at once, uh, you might find yourself mindlessly eating and not even know why. And so this can be a very challenging time for people to kind of deal with this belief about good and bad foods um, and you being good or bad based on what you're eating and doing. And so I would really encourage you to take some time to reflect on how your relationship with food is right now and what you need in order to get closer to what you want your relationship with food to be. Um, so really that actually could be the first one is mindful eating and being mindful about your relationship with food. The second thing you could do is meal planning. Um, so I do have a meal planning workshop that um, if you're interested, just post and I'll post the link in here. Um, but basically, if you have if you're home and you have some time, maybe do some meal planning and actually have things set up so you're able to have healthful meals throughout the week, because it's not uncommon to hear I'm home all day. I don't understand how I didn't have time to prep a meal. But if you don't make it a priority, you won't think about what you need. And so you might get to dinner and you're all ready to make this super healthy vegetarian pasta dish. And then you realize you don't have half the ingredients. And so you make a frozen pizza instead. And so, and it's okay if you do that, but the goal is to not do that all the time. The goal is to create a meal plan for the week that you are happy that you're eating. I do have a checkbox resource that I'll be posting later that um, basically is something you can do to keep track of what you're eating. I am not an advocate for calorie counting. It is um, something that can become you can become very obsessive with and it's too restrictive and it is very challenging for people to do long term. I don't know if I've met anyone who has calorie counted their entire life. You know, most people do it for a short time and then they give up because it's it takes years of your life away if you do it forever. So um, it just takes so much time every day. And so instead I have this checkbox me method, which is just kind of a loose checkbox for eating different food groups. And so you could see, oh, I ate a ton of dairy already. Maybe I should be eating vegetables or, oh, I've already eaten all my grains for the day. What else could I eat? Now you can eat more grains, it's fine, but you just want that awareness of, of how much you're eating from different groups so that it can inform you on making decisions later. Um, and then the fourth thing is to kind of come up with a game plan about ordering out. 
So I actually initially thought that this would be a time when people would start cooking at home again, and it would be a lot more with healthy, healthy eating because you can't go to a restaurant. Uh, but since there is takeout, a lot of people are doing takeout um, and feeling like they're just eating convenience or grab and go foods. And so, um, sorry if you can hear my kids on the other side there. And so um, if you can set a rule for eating out so that um, I'm going to eat or, you know, take, uh, take out only so many days a week and then have a plan for what you'll do the other days. And usually if we just set these very simple goals for ourselves, we're more likely to attain them, um, especially because we've brought it to the forefront of our mind. Maybe you were doing takeout like five days a week and you like didn't even process that was happening um, because you were just going through the motions and getting through the day. So try to be more intentional about that. The third area is social. So social support is huge. We are social beings and social distancing is hard. Um, something about not being able to physically touch and be in the presence of someone is very challenging. So let's say you, um, uh, and, and I, I've been seeing this a lot firsthand. I'm a physician full-time in the hospital taking care of COVID and non-COVID patients, um, largely COVID. And our whole hospital, as most hospitals, has um, a policy about visitors. And so these people are alone and it's really hard to see. Um, and we're, if they're COVID, we're all decked out and we're like a, uh, you know, a, an astronaut or some foreign being. Um, and so there's just something about not having that human connection that is so damaging to our soul. And it's just really important that we try as hard as we can to have social connection with individuals. So right now is a time we can't necessarily be directly with individuals, but we can still be in their presence. And so video, I mean, I can't even imagine 1918 when there was no, there weren't cell phones and there was no video. And so, I mean, the fact that we have this opportunity where we can communicate with those we love, or maybe those that we've been distant from for a while is amazing. And I really want you to not feel like you need to be socially isolated because you're home as opposed to being at work or at some of your social gatherings. So the four things to suggest you could try, and again, you can try any of these. The first is to call someone daily. So find 15 minutes in your day and just go through your phone and call someone, see how they're doing. Just think of how you felt, you would feel if some random person you haven't spoken to in five years called you. You'd be like, oh, this is a nice surprise. Like, how are you? And like, it just makes you happy. And the person calling is gonna feel happy to hear that in your voice. So, you know, consider calling someone every day just to have some connection with someone outside your home. Um, especially for individuals who are single and live alone, um, you're literally not having any co connection with individuals unless you go to the, the grocery store or do something outside of your home, which everyone is limiting. And so I really encourage you to do that. The second one, oh, I think I have someone in the room. Okay, um, sorry, my son just has to get something. He has his own little makeshift desk in the, the back of the office. So this is our shared office. Um, the second thing that you can do is to start um, a social group club or chat. So have a group of friends from um, any point of your life and see if you can get together and do happy hours um, or regular chats with them, you know, once a week or once every other week, just to try to stay connected. And then you're able to physically see these people that you care so much about that you haven't seen in a long time. And this is actually a great opportunity if you are away from old friends. Um, I have a group of girlfriends from high school that we still connect with, and we're doing one this week. And it's I'm so excited because we never really think to do it uh, like a social chat online um, when 
when it's not COVID times, you know, we usually just wait until our once or twice a year when we're all together. Um, but this is a great opportunity to see people that you love and you haven't been able to see regularly. Um, and I really think that this time is going to bring so many relationships back together because people have been distant for so long and it was an opportunity to reconnect. Um, sorry about that with the family. I don't know if you could see them in the video, but I was clearly a little distracted. Um, then the other thing I would encourage is to try to do a video chat with someone once a week. So obviously those would be like a group chat, but try to just at least one-on-one -on -one with somebody you care about, whether it's family or a friend, or um, just make sure you're doing some video connection so you see other people and you can see their emotions and not only hear their emotion, but facial expressions and nonverbal communication are huge. So you know, try to do something like that once a week. And then the other one that's kind of fun to try is if you are in a family. So again, people who are, there's a lot of stress in a house right now. You know, there's little kids um, or older kids who have their own stresses they're dealing with. And then there are, you know, the adults in the house and everyone is like dealing with their own emotional stuff and their life being disrupted and all the pressures of what they have to accomplish right now. And all of that each individual has it and then everyone around them feels their stress and then each of those individual gives off stress to other people. Oprah has this saying, um, you are responsible for the energy you bring into this room. So you can just imagine a house of five with tons of energy, uh, good and bad. Okay, so sometimes it's hard to get out of the monotony of your family routine, especially as you're trying to get some normalcy and progress in your home. I would actually encourage you um, individuals in your home to do dates. So even though you can't go physically somewhere on a date, try to find some one-on-one -on -one time with each individual in your house throughout the week, even if it's just 15 or 20 minutes. So sit down with a child and just talk to them and hear what they're, how their day's going, how they're feeling, maybe play a game like a board game or something fun that they enjoy. And just have some uninterrupted, completely immersed time. That's going to help build that connection between you and that individual. And it's going to also help you feel some normalcy because it's not the way it was before, but you still can have that connection and um, you can have an experience that does feel similar to what it used to be where you could just go out for coffee with someone or go on a date with your significant other. And so um, I would really encourage you to find time to be intentional because it's you can be around each other all day long, but a lot of it is just routine and it's not intentional. And that intentional time is what is going to be you know burned into our brains as a memory of what this time of life was like. Um, and with that, there's a saying to kind of go back with uh, the talk about kids earlier, I keep hearing that um, you know children aren't going to remember, especially little kids, they're not going to remember the details of COVID. They don't really grasp what it all means. What they will remember is how they felt and how you showed up. And so they'll remember you know, that you guys just played a lot of board games and it was super fun, or you started this family tradition of s'mores with the stove <laughs> every Friday night, or, you know, something silly and quirky where you were all together and there was no worries and it was complete safety and contentment. And so this is actually an amazing opportunity to rebuild those family bonds that maybe were have been broken before um, and hopefully build some memories and, that will last the, with the children long into their adult years and um, yeah, I just think it's a great opportunity, even though it can be quite stressful right now. Um, and then the fourth area is stress. So stress is everywhere. Like I said at the beginning, we all have our own stresses that we're dealing with right now. Um, some people might say they're not stressed. I honestly don't think you could physically not be stressed in this current state. 
No one, no human being loves change. You might enjoy change because the newness of it, but it still is stressful on your body because we are all habits of routine. And if we um, are all habits, we all have these habits of routine. And if we break them, um, our body doesn't, our body and brain doesn't quite know what to think. And um, when you're hearing news headlines, like you're hearing and hearing stories that people like myself are telling you about what it's actually like in the hospital, um, which is quite stressful, you know, that is a lot to take in and process. And even if you think you're not stressed, I am quite positive there's probably an underlying trail of stress everywhere. And so if you are able to um, acknowledge that, it is huge. Because some people, Brene Brown talks about over and under functioners in stressful situations. So over functioners are the ones who try to like plan everything and fix everything and take control. I'm kind of an over functioner. Um, under functioners are the ones that sort of just like step back and are like, over-functioners can take over. I'm going to sit here and binge on Netflix and pretend like it's Sunday forever. And so, um, you know, there's those are obviously some extremes and there are people with grade, gradients um, of each one in their personality. But it's really important that you acknowledge which one you are and see how that's affecting your life. So that's kind of why at the beginning, I wanted you to talk about what it's like when you, you know, if you exercise, how you show up in the world. If you don't exercise, how you show up because you might notice that you didn't really realize you were stressed, but actually you've been snapping at everyone, you haven't been sleeping well, and you find yourself like not hungry at all anymore or snacking all the time. And these things often are triggers to kind of tell your body or your body telling you that you actually are stressed right now and there's something that, that you should do to fix this, to put you in more balance. And so I really would encourage everyone to take some time of self-reflection if you haven't already to figure out how stressed you are and how you can tell that you're stressed. And so then to manage your stress, ignoring it and burying it is not the answer, even though that is the easy thing to do. Um, Brene Brown also talks about numbing, which goes along with that. And so that's when we find ourselves mindlessly eating, watching Netflix for hours after we know we should be sleeping um, or engaging in activities like drinking or drugs or you know, smoking or other things that are habits you don't want to do, but you find yourself doing them when you're stressed. So um, just pay attention to when you have those numbing activities and know you can break the cycle of that numbing activity if you want to, but the first thing you need to do is become aware and acknowledge that it's a problem. Because if you keep ignoring it and shoving it under the rug, you will never acknowledge it. Um, it's like a mold and it grows in the dark. So once you put light on it, it can't grow so much anymore. So anyway, I hope that you can um, try to find some ways to acknowledge what your stress is. So the four things you can do related to stress um, that I recommend, one is meditation. Um, there are tons of guided meditation exercises. You can um, find them online or download an app. If you're a healthcare provider, um, Headspace is offering a free membership right now. So if you go, if you just Google Headspace healthcare provider, um, I'll try to link it in here later too, but you can um, sign up for free with your NPI. So um, meditation is huge. You can do it in the morning, midday when you're stressed or midday to kind of just reset or before bed. Um, before bed, I'd recommend not starting with this practice as like to go to sleep, um, but to get the benefit of it, you need to do it during the day when you're awake. You can definitely use the guided meditations to help you sleep, but the benefit is seen more when you're doing it in the present moment. The second thing is mindfulness, which is similar but different. Mindfulness is a practice where you are intentional in the moment. 
So you can, an easy way to start with mindfulness is your five senses. So uh, sight, smell, taste, feel, and hear. And so, um, and I didn't write that down, so hopefully I didn't repeat one. But basically what you'll wanna do is, you know, pause. Let's say you're really stressed, like you're doing work remotely and your coworkers are driving you nuts and you can't get the project done. So I want you just to kind of sit and then just be present with that moment and think about how you're feeling in the moment. Think about all of your five senses at that moment in time, just to recenter yourself. And then you can go back to your work and you'll probably be feeling much more refreshed and able to focus at that point. Um, you can do this with eating or any activity. Running or walking are great times to do mindfulness practices as well. Um, the second would be uh, gratitude and positive affirmations. We are surrounded by a lot of negative media. Um, everywhere you turn, you hear about hospitals being at capacity, running out of ventilators, um, people dying, young people dying, um, you know, things that you don't, that are hard to process. And while we get bombarded with hard information frequently in our, in our normal news, it has a whole new level when there's this tension of social distancing and the fact that it's creeping around every corner. Um, and so finding positives is huge. You can find positive news. Um, some good news by John Kamaska, whatever I can never say his last name is wonderful. <laughs> um, from the, the guy from the office, but, um, also just finding positive affirmations, writing them down and being intentional to say that po positive affirmation like five or 10 times during your day or taking a moment when you're stressed to think, what am I grateful for? And write down a few things you're grateful for just to reset and realize, yes, there is stress. I'm not saying I'm not stressed, but there are lots of good things that I could be unstressed about. And so um, trying to find this balance, we tend to suck onto like anything that's negative instead of having all these positive things that we can um, latch onto as well. So you could have a great day with one bad thing. And I can almost guarantee that when you go to bed at night, you're not thinking about the 50 awesome things that happened. You're thinking about that one bad thing that happened. I find this happening frequently with work. I can think of great patient encounters I had. Um, if I make a mistake or if I think that I did something wrong, even if it all ended up okay, it's that mistake that I'm stuck on. I cannot get past it. And so having this practice of gratitude helps remind us how many good things we have and that we don't need to be stuck on that one negative thing. And then the fourth thing that you can be doing is to journal daily. So um, I recommend journaling in the morning and before bed. In the morning, it's when you do intention setting. How's your day going to be? What are your goals or how do you wanna show up today for the world? At the end of the day, it's reflecting. How well did I reach those goals? Did I show up that way? Um, reflect on negative experiences that maybe you've been stuck on, kind of going back to that last one with gratitude. Um, so reflect on the negatives and point out some positives that can counter it. And then um, using those two 10-minute sessions to kind of um, cycle through your day and just really make sure that you're being intentional. So I usually do unprompted journaling, but if you need prompts, you could always do some, you could um, buy a journal that has prompts that you would reflect on intentionally each day. So that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I don't think you need to do all these things. I, what you need to do is figure out what is most important to you and pick one thing that you're going to start doing. That one step is going to get you closer to showing up for the world how you want to show up. And if you keep that in the context of, this is a different time. This is not when I was working full time and my kids were at school and daycare and my gym was open. 
This is, I'm working full-time at home with my kids doing their school <laughs> and there's no gym. And so we just need to be realistic. Um, and so one thing I want you to not focus on is your weight. I, I'm going to scream if I hear another person talking about how they're going to gain so much weight during this. No one needs to gain any weight if they don't want to. And if you gain weight, it doesn't matter. It's three months. <laughs> so long-term weight is not determined by three months of behavior. Long-term weight is determined by lifetime habits. And so if you are intentional and doing the best you can in this, in this situation, that might mean you can't do your normal everyday workout. You're doing three days a week. Three is better than none. It's not quite seven, but it's okay. So this is a moment in time and you are not going to, what you do now doesn't have to shape everything in the future because in six months, life will not look like how it looks now. Who knows what it'll look like? I think it'll be better, <laughs> but you can probably get back to going to the gym and your other routines later. The key now is doing the best you can in the circumstances we have right now. And I would challenge everyone listening to this to not weigh themselves once during this because your weight doesn't matter. It's how you show up in your life for yourself and for your family. Weight is an arbitrary number. If you're on the moon, you weigh less. <laughs> if you're, I'm, I'm sure if you're wearing clothes, you weigh less than if you're not wearing clothes. It's just a number. No one needs to know it but you, okay? So it doesn't matter. What matters are the habits that you're forming. So right now is an opportunity to change how you react to stress so that when you come out of this and you're stressed out in nine months, you don't fall back into the old ways that you've kind of started with this pandemic, but instead you fall back into the ways that you have ended the pandemic with, the routines that you do and the ways you challenge yourself when you start getting stuck into negative thought spirals. So one way to start changing these habits so that you can slowly integrate some of these positive coping skills is to start planning now. So from the four areas I mentioned or whatever area you need, I want you to choose one area and one thing. And then every Sunday, so this Sunday, I want you to look at your calendar and schedule in that one thing every day. And with more than just, I'm going to do this, but like a time. So like 7 a.m., I'm going to go walk 45 minutes. Um, and I want you to do it for a whole week. At the end of the week, reflect on how that went. If you don't do every single one, that's fine. Reset your expectations and figure out what will work. If that goes great the first week, the next week, add in something new. Um, or if that first week was really hard, like you did it all, it went well, but it was like a challenge to do it. Just keep doing that one week over and over again until it's not such a challenge. And so figure out how much you can and can't add based on trial and error and giving yourself grace. But I would like everyone, every Sunday on your calendar, schedule a half hour somewhere on the calendar non-negotiable. It's like a meeting with your boss. You can't miss it. <laughs> you have to do it. So schedule a 30 minute time slot, go into a room where no one can bother you and do this schedule and figure out how you're going to make it work. Because if someone gives you a hard time about needing that 30 minutes away, say, I can't show up for you. If I don't show up for myself, I need this 30 minutes. How can we make this work? And so again, non-negotiable. So, um, and then I want you to consider having a friend involved. So you can, if you're self-motivated, just do it yourself. That's totally fine. If you're someone who needs some accountability, find a spouse or a friend or someone um, who also wants similar goals, or if they don't, just someone who will be your accountability partner that'll kind of check in with how you're doing, but track your progress and talk with them about it. Um, only focus on one at a time though. If we do too much, it's just going to be failure. Right now we're all doing too much. So one small thing, you'll feel so much better about it. And at the end, you're going to be so grateful because all of those little steps are going to add up to progress that you otherwise wouldn't have. So 
That's all I have, a little longer than I thought. I'm going to try to put together a PDF that goes over all of this. Um, I was just inspired to do this on my run today and I wanted to try to get it in before the inspiration faded. So I hope you all found this helpful. If there's any resources you need, any comments you have, feedback, feel free to leave those below. I hope you all can stay well. Um, thank you for staying home. Um, like I said, I work with COVID patients in the hospital and I am um, in a county that is probably the most affected in my state. So, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, of illness that I'd rather not be seeing. And so just keep staying home. I know it's hard, but you'll be very glad you don't get COVID. So uh, let me know how I can support you in all this and take care. Be well. Bye. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD. 